It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. This is Bonus Benson. This segment is officially completely off the rails. What are you talking about? Stuff we wish never aired. I will eat chalupas all day long. Come on, man. The Guy Benson Show. Home stretch on The Guy Benson Show. It is Monday. Thanks for being here. GuyBensonShow.com. That's our website. Podcast is always free every single day on demand. Catch me tonight in a little bit less than one hour on Special Report with Brett Bayer and the panel. That's on Fox News Channel. Well, tomorrow is a very big day here at The Guy Benson Show. It is the birthday of producer Christine Cookie. And I know she said she's turning... Is it 51 or 61? It was something with a one tomorrow, Christine. What age is tomorrow? 41. 41, okay, allegedly. Uh, So happy birthday in advance, and we probably have some fun things in store tomorrow, but we have to tell the audience where you are going tomorrow after the show. And people who are regular listeners may not be totally surprised by this development. We've hinted at it several times, but it became a reality just a few days ago, at least getting confirmation. On a scale of 1 to 10, how excited are you for your birthday destination? Absolutely off the charts. I'm going to see the Backstreet Boys tomorrow night. I honestly can say, and sorry, Bobby, you have planned some nice birthdays. I'm sure my parents did too, but this is probably going to be the best birthday I've ever had. Wow. That is a big, I mean it, big thing to say. I mean, can you imagine like Judgy Joyce listening to this and all of the birthdays that she planned for you? They gave you a pony, for example, which you rejected. That was not That's my birthday. Way down. That was my yeah, but opinion. I like for the for the purposes of this story, I like to think of it as a birthday gift that you rejected. And now here you are at age forty-one, almost. You're thinking your best birthday present ever is a Backstreet Boys concert. Is it because you're going to the concert and it's nostalgic for you, or is it because the person furnishing you the tickets is indeed not just a Backstreet Boy, but your favorite Backstreet Boy? I think that probably has a little something to do with it. But just the thought, like, I keep picturing, you know, 18, 19, 20-year-old Christine right now. And she would just be freaking out. I mean, I am myself. Um, And I'm bringing my very best friend. I met her in first grade. And she lives in Florida. And just so happens, she's here. Her and I have seen Backstreet Boys in sync, 98 Degrees, O-Town, Britney Spears. (laughs) Um, Jessica Simpson. You're not bringing Bobby, your husband, to this? No, and I think he's a little upset that I didn't ask him. I assumed it was going to be the two of you. No, I just feel like, what, Dan, does that mean? (laughs) I feel like I would just honestly have a better time with my best friend who, like, this is what we did. We went to all the concerts together. This is yet yet another best friend? On the long list of best friends, you would think the very best friend is the husband who doesn't even get a look, not even an invite, not even an invite. This is new information to me. Yeah. No, oh, no. I, I did ask him yesterday. I was like, Bobby, are you sure you're OK with me taking my best friend? And he's like he was actually he was driving and he goes, yeah, sure. And I go, seriously, he goes, oh. I I would like to go. He goes, I'm actually a fan of the Backstreet Boys. I would like to go, but this is your birthday, and whatever makes you happy, like, you're going to have a great time, so you have to do what you want to do. What would happen if one of Bobby's colleagues gave him Backstreet Boys tickets for his birthday and he didn't even invite you and had one of his bros come instead? That'd That'd be strange, don't you think? Would that be the end of the marriage? Would you put him in the deep freeze at least for a week? Guy, I am a mature woman, wife, mother, and I feel like if that if that's what Bobby would like, then Bobby should be happy. I would never no. get upset with him over that. You would not speak to him for a week. It just wouldn't happen. If... <laughs> it just right. would never no, would, happen. It would never happen. It would never occur to him to do that. Wow, okay, so you are going 
with your friend to the Backstreet Boys. Now, here's the thing. I don't know if these are good seats. I don't know if they were just able to sort of get you guys up in the rafters or wherever it's going to be in New Jersey. They might be amazing seats. I'm not sure. What I do know is that to get your tickets, you have to show up at Will Call to the band Will Call window, which is what Adam and I did when we went to go see the Backstreet Boys in North Carolina. This is where this all came from, by the way. This all originated weeks ago when a listener to this show who's doing promotions for the Backstreet Boys reached out to me on Instagram and said, hey, if you have any interest in any of these dates, would love to get you into the show. And I guess Brian Luttrell and his wife are Fox viewers and they're fans, and they were able to very generously accommodate the one date and location that I could make work, and it was... Very memorable. We had amazing seats, front and center. We got to meet the Latrells backstage, plus one of the other Backstreet Boys, one of the other band members. Afterwards, it was incredible. And because, Christine, you're such a Brian fan and a fan of the band to begin with, I had him make a little video for you, which he very kindly did. He called you Cookie. We played it on the air. I know you watch it every night before you go to bed, probably still. You tweeted it. At Cookies Jar 1988, is that right? Yes. There you go. People can go watch it if they want. And I did just put in their mind the possibility that you would love to go see them in the New York area. And they were nothing but supportive. They were like, oh, yeah, just let us know. And I did, and they followed through. And it is so cool of them, I think, to have done that. And I was, like, pretty excited to go and see them. This is next level for you. When I told you that it was confirmed and you were in, you literally shrieked over the phone. It was a very <laughs> loud scream. Yeah, I did, didn't I? I I'm just, I'm, I'm telling you, this is probably going to be the best birthday I've ever had. I'm so, so excited to just have a night of singing and dancing and watching them and just reliving my, my uh, younger days. My concern is that when we have a home stretch to talk about all of this and recap and debrief on Wednesday, you might not have a voice to speak. You uh, might like, scream yourself hoarse. We'd like to call that, what is it, Vegas voice or party girl voice? Yeah, that will be you on Wednesday is my prediction. Feeling. If you can't control yourself, which, let's face it, after a few drinks in the presence of the Backstreet Boys, I think that you might get a little excited. But we will nevertheless try to bring that to the audience on Wednesday after the show. And while we're on the subject of concerts, I do want to mention this. Adam and I just got invited by my cousin to a concert upcoming in D.C. And I would not probably have gone out of my way to buy tickets. But when the invite was extended, I didn't even have to think for two seconds. I looked at my calendar. The date was open, and I responded, yes, absolutely, we're in. And not just because he has access to a suite, so there'll be booze and food and all of that, which sounds fun, but this is someone that I have wanted to see perform. The spectacle of the show. Would you like to guess who I'm going to go see early next month? The spectacle of the show. Hmm. Pitbull? It is not Pitbull. Wyatt has a guess. I'm going to say Elton John. It is not Elton John, who I've seen twice. I saw him with Billy Joel, and then I saw him on our honeymoon down in Australia. We saw him. It's not Elton John. He does put on a great show. No, no. We will be going at Nationals Park to Lady Gaga. That's a good one. I know. I'm actually really excited. Oh, wow. And I like her music. I She's roughly my age. She's been huge ever since I was in college, basically. And she continues to crank out hits, including the theme song from the new Top Gun movie that's been on the charts, Hold My Hand, which I really like. Song after song, I think I'm going to be pretty stoked. And I've heard that the costumes that she has are worth astronomical sums of money. They have their own full-time bodyguard, like security guard, for the costumes. They're worth that much. So it's going to be, spectacle is the right word. It is a spectacle. She's also very talented. She can really sing. And 
I'm very grateful to my cousin for inviting us, and I'm in. I'm really excited. Early August, Lady Gaga. We will talk about that in the days to come, but more importantly, tomorrow. Christine's birthday. She is seeing the Backstreet Boys in her home state of New Jersey, courtesy of Brian and Leanne Luttrell. And, Christine, happy birthday in advance. We have a few more birthday surprises tomorrow, but I hope you have a great time at the show. Thank you, and thank you for setting this up. Um, I mean, of course my best friend makes my birthday the best one yet. (laughs) Well, it's my pleasure. It was the least I could do, and it's just, again, so nice of them to go along with all of it and to make it happen. So that's tomorrow. We'll do a birthday edition for Christine tomorrow on the home stretch. We will talk to you then, 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern time for The Guy Benson Show. I'm on special report coming up in the next hour on FNC. We will see you there. Have a great night. Home stretch on this Tuesday. It's The Guy Benson Show. Thank you so much for listening. GuyBensonShow.com. The podcast is free every day. And as we mentioned on the program yesterday, today is producer Christine's birthday. She is 41 years old today. Happy birthday to Christine. And I know, Christine, we don't really have a lot of time in the home stretch today because you are racing off to go to the Backstreet Boys concert tonight. And I hope that you have a great time, you and one of your best friends, one of your many best friends, not your husband, who you did not invite at all to the concert. He was a little salty about that. However, Christine, that did not stop Bobby from contacting me. He texted me yesterday. I rarely hear from him, so I got a little note there. I was like, okay, this is interesting. What's this all about? He apparently has been working on a little project involving some of your quote-unquote greatest hits, whatever that means, and he was wondering, would we be interested in hearing it or playing it on the air for your birthday? And I just said yes. I have no idea how long it is. I have no idea what it entails. I have not heard it, but we have it in our possession. Should I play it? No. And that's my birthday wish. Well, too bad, because your birthday wish of going to the Backstreet Boys, you get your wish on this one, but not here. We have to hear what Bobby, your husband, has made, a tribute to his wife on her 41st birthday. Again, I have no idea what is about to happen. So let's just hit it and enjoy. Well, thank you, and I look forward to this. A very happy birthday. If you don't understand this, I can't explain it to you. Oh my goodness. Happy wife, happy life. I'm a pretty easygoing, chill girl. (laughs) I'm a woman. Woman. I think, Christine, right, you were... You're a boomer? No. No, I'm not. I'm a millennial. (laughs) You are not a millennial. Yes, I am. I was born in 1981. (laughs) It's your 41st birthday. Women, it just goes pretty much downhill at a certain age. I'm not there yet, just so you know. It's your 41st birthday. I mean, I'm a certified Jersey Italian girl. I know what's good pizza. It's your 41st birthday. Okay, you ready? (laughs) Feel like I'm being made fun of. I got a few songs in, got a couple kamikaze shots, felt like I was in college again. What is a pirate's favorite letter? Is it R? You might think it's R, but his first love is the C. Mom. They're spreading lies about Reagan and history. Get me out of here. I don't know if you know this guy, but I was a varsity cheerleader in high school. Back in the 80s, as a kid, yeah, I'd use that hair. Of course, that's what you did. Oh, I'm so good at that. My freak out was all for nothing. Are you surprised by that? As uh, my therapist Roy says, that's called spiraling. Wow. You really are truly my best friend. I've been saying it for years. Well. But you truly, really are. Just fantastic. I don't think it was a coincidence that Bobby snuck in there the happy wife, happy life slogan, because I think that's probably kind of how he lives. And that was really amazing.
There were some of those clips I'd forgotten about. Christine, are oh, you I, embarrassed? Are you proud? I, all of the above? I just want to know how he found all of those. I mean, I, I know he does listen to the show, but... He does. So he must a, keep notes. Wow. He must take, like, little notes in a journal where he says, here's the date and time. I'm going to go back and I'm going to get it in order to make a montage like that. Because some of those were from pretty long ago. It's not like that was all from the last month or so. He's been planning this. He's been accumulating those sound bites for months. It's impressive. Some would say impressive. Others might say embarrassing. Gosh, when you hear all of the greatest hits of yourself, hmm. Well, that's only really the tip of the iceberg, honestly. That's just, we only had two minutes. Was that roughly two minutes it sounded like? We had to cut it down, I would imagine, from the original half-hour tribute. <laughs> it's like we don't really have quite enough time. We can't do two full segments of Christine. Let's limit it to two minutes if possible. And that was just, you know, the, the A-plus level stuff. Wow. Well, thank you to my husband, I think. <laughs> I don't even Are know you what feeling to say. more guilty about not inviting him to the concert tonight? No, that did not make me feel guilty at all. No. I, I will say this, and I'm going to thank him. Thank you for not putting anything about Carousel in there. You know, that was a glaring omission. I mean, how can there not be anything about Carousel, the deceased pony that you had killed? How could there be nothing about you getting mugged by a mime in Europe? There are lots of things that were missing. You know, maybe we should do, we should commission a more comprehensive one of these for next year. I'll keep that in mind. Dan... Wyatt, anything to add, anything to wish Christine on her birthday? Yes, Christine. Happy, happy, happy birthday. Aw, thank well, you, YY. That was so stirring and heartfelt. Mm. I would Dan? like I, I would like to add a very happy birthday to Christine, my studio pal, who I've learned a lot about through the show and through that montage of things I haven't heard before, so that's fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some of this started probably before Dan joined the show. Some of those clips. All Thank right, Christine. You, Dan. What are you looking forward to the most tonight at the Backstreet Boys concert? The number one thing you can't wait for. Um, I th- I just love. Don't you love the very first song when they first come out? You know, like any concert, but like the first. Like the opening, I'm ready for that. I hope I don't. I'm excited for everything, honestly. Like I could list off 20 songs. I'm excited to hear. Um, I've been doing my research. I think the set list is 28, and then there's two encores. I'm just I'm ready for it all. I am so so excited for tonight. I really am. The lights are gonna go down, and you're gonna lose your mind, and it should be a lot of fun. Christine, happy birthday. Have a good time. Be safe. Be responsible, please. We need you back here tomorrow on The Guy Benson Show. Have a blast. Happy birthday. Thank you, thank you, and I should have taken off. You mean tomorrow? Yes. Yeah, there's still time. You would have to call out sick, quote-unquote. Oh, yes, uh, she she got, it might be COVID or it might just be laryngitis and a hangover. Hopefully you'll be here, though. We got to run. The Guy Benson Show is back here tomorrow. You can hear all about it on the program. Same time, same place, as always. Thank you for listening. Have a fantastic night. It's a special extended home stretch on this Wednesday on the Guy Benson Show. Glad you're here. GuyBensonShow.com. That's our website. Podcast is free each and every day on demand. And we have to talk about last night. And before we do, let me just say this. For those of you who might be growing weary of Backstreet Boys talk because it has come up multiple times based on the connection that we've made here at the show and the concert that I went to and meeting Brian backstage and his lovely wife, Leanne, and then getting Christine tickets for her birthday. She was at the show last night. We will not be talking about the Backstreet Boys on this show, I believe, for a very long time. Now, we might, underscore might, be getting Brian on the show at some point. Maybe when they're promoting their Christmas album, which would be a while from now. I know Christine would start promoting it next month if it were up to her. That's when she puts up her Christmas decorations. She has her pumpkin spice in July, Christmas decorations in August, I believe. So we'll just put a moratorium 
on Backstreet Boys talk here at the show until and unless we get him a few months down the line. But we have to talk about them one more time because Christine, on her birthday, her 41st yesterday, brought not her husband, who she didn't invite at all, but her best friend from childhood to go to the concert at the PNC Performing Arts Center in New Jersey. And the Backstreet Boys just happened to be in her home state on her birthday, so it was meant to be. And as we mentioned, the Luttrells, Brian and Leanne, and their friend and colleague, Bobby, who's a listener to the show, who promotes this concert tour, they all combined and, at my request, were able to pull some strings and get Christine two tickets for the show last night. She was extremely excited. She was a little bit nervous. When I checked in with her after the show yesterday, she was still trying to figure out what to wear. And then I dropped a bomb on Cookie. She did not know this was coming. I was actually debating not telling her anything and letting one more little detail, maybe not so little, be a surprise. But then I was sitting there thinking about it. What could go wrong? And I realized several things could go wrong if I didn't perhaps help her in the right direction and give some useful guidance. So I decided just a few hours before she was leaving for this concert to inform her that, in fact, not only had the Luttrells arranged two good tickets to the show, but, yes, also backstage passes after the show, which I was not sure was going to be the case until about two days prior. And I knew that she was going to melt down. So I didn't want to tell her too soon because then she might not be able to, like, function in her life or at her job. So I waited until after the show and made the decision to spoil the surprise just a little bit. And first of all, Christine, when I told you backstage passes, would you like to share with the audience how you reacted? I'm surprised. Dan wasn't recording. I'm surprised you didn't give him a heads up and just record because. Oh, we probably should have. We should have arranged that. You screamed. (laughs) You screamed very loudly. It sounded like you were maybe going to cry at one point. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I just got very, very overwhelmed. And then I, I didn't know what to do. I really didn't. And then I had to call my best friend, and then she started screaming. I mean, it was it was just a scream fest of two 40-year-old women. How many times did you change your outfit before you finally settled on one? You know what? The problem was, in New Jersey, we were going through, like, a massive, massive heat wave. That's so basically everywhere. Very, yeah, that's true. But it was very hard to be stylish because you just needed to be cool. And honestly, I wore like a little summer dress and it was so hot last night. I believe they stopped the concert twice, maybe three times because people passed out. They were really, really good about that. They stopped in the middle of singing and Nick was like, whoa, 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 drop it. Like, everybody just stop right now. There's someone that needs help immediately. And he was, like, getting really upset. He's like, someone, go help them right now. And then I think a little while later, they stop again because it was just so hot. Now, I just have to ask you, and this could be a medical privacy issue, was it you who passed out all three times or are these different people? I did not pass out. I I was hydrating with water, believe it or not, water. Uh, the entire time. And let me just tell you, very expensive even to buy a can of water there. Like six bucks. Yeah, I mean, that's how a lot of the money is made at these things and these venues. There's inflation, too. You might have heard about that. We talk about it, you know, every so often here on the show. Now, the reason, Christine, that I decided to tell you this in advance and not let it be a surprise when you showed up was, number one, I (laughs) I was legitimately concerned (laughs) that you would have too much to drink during the concert and then would go backstage and would perhaps be a little sloppy. So a little (laughs) sloppy, you know, maybe stumble around a little bit. God forbid, uh, refund, shall we say, on one of the Backstreet Boys. We just couldn't have Oh, my God. So, So I wanted to make sure that you were at least, like, somewhat about your wits for the backstage portion of the evening, which was very elite. Very few people could go back there. It's not something that you could sign up for. You had to be invited. 
Same deal that we had down in Raleigh, though it sounded like your crowd was a little bit bigger than ours backstage afterwards. That was thing number one. The other factor was, I remember when I picked up my tickets, the two tickets from Will Call, they had wristbands in there. I knew what the wristbands meant because I had been briefed by our listener, Bobby, who's doing promotions, like, this is what the tickets are. The wristbands are for backstage. You ask security where to go after the show. So I knew every step of the way what everything meant and how to use it. It occurred to me that without that same type of guidance, you might have just assumed that the wristbands were for getting into your section of tickets and you would never even know what they meant and that you would have access to go backstage. I don't know if anyone explained that to you when you picked up the tickets, and I just didn't want to run the risk of coming on the air here today and asking you how was it and then asking you how was backstage, and you're like, what are you talking about? And then you would end up disappointed realizing that you had the passes unbeknownst to you and your friend, which would have sort of put a damper on the whole thing. So would you have figured that out eventually based on the information that they gave you, or was that important for me to have shared with you explicitly beforehand? I would have no clue because I never got a wristband. Oh. So what happened was when I went to the will call, which was super easy, it was it was on the later side. So I don't think we probably got there until about 8 o'clock. The boys didn't go on until about 8.40. So, and I was going to go early because I knew Brian Luttrell's son was an opening act, but not for this concert. So um, we got to the parking lot, which was super easy because my husband got his VIP parking. We walked right up to Will Call, and they just gave us the two tickets, and there was like two stickers that said Backstreet Boys, and in marker, it said BL and the date. So I'm like, BL's Brian Luttrell, the date's here, and they didn't say a word to me of what this was. So I had a feeling, because you told me, and I was super bummed, because we didn't go until after to that spot, and it looks like we could have been there from, like, 6 o'clock on, I think. We could have went before hung out there. They had plenty of food and drinks and stuff, sat at our seats, and then went back. Um, but we didn't know because nobody said a word to us. And when I did go up to a security guard, he had no clue what this piece of uh, the sticker was. So I'm but you, so glad you told me. Okay, or else you wouldn't have known at all. So I, I am now feeling extra confident that I made the right decision oh. in sort of springing the surprise a little bit early or else the surprise would have never materialized for you because you wouldn't have known. Okay, that is good. I'm glad to hear it. So just briefly tell us how was the concert? It looked like your tickets were pretty great in terms of the seats. Oh, that was the best part because, you know, these outdoor theaters like arenas, they have, you know, the grass section and it's all open and then you just go into the seats and usually, you know, my girlfriends and I, we always sat, you know, on the grass and with like lawn seats. So it was so cool because we started up at the top. I didn't know really where we were going. And anytime we got to somebody to ask where we go, they just kept going, oh, no, you got to go farther down, way down, way down. We would get to the next section. Oh, no, 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 you got to keep going. Oh, no, no, you got to keep going. And then we were basically in one of the first sections besides the standing part. And the seats were amazing. Like the lights went on, the music started, and I just like my friend and I just went back to being 20 years old. I legit screamed on the top of my lungs, scared the guy in front of me <laughs> when they finally made their appearance, you know, after they had the video. I, like, got so overwhelmed. <laughs> so you were just shrieking for two and a half hours. Yeah, the guy in front of me kept looking behind me, too, like, okay, stop with the shrieking when you're singing. you got to calm down. <laughs> but you weren't the only one. Like, that was sort of a commonplace no. thing. Oh, it was, like, and I was surprised, like, there were a lot of girls younger than me, um, but it is very funny to see a bunch of women my age just, you know, bopping around, wearing these Backstreet Boys T-shirts. Like, we legit thought we were back in our late teens, early No, no, early just, like, years. reliving the glory days for sure. There were a lot of women, as I said, in their 40s and maybe mm -hmm. early 50s, and then there were actually a lot of women in their 20s and then, like, some men, not that many at least when we went to the show down in North Carolina. Were you satisfied with the performance? Were you happy with the set list? Were you able to sing along most of the time? I would say out of the 28 songs, I probably knew 25. Um, so, yeah, I was super happy with the set list. They, were, they played a couple that 
because I had been monitoring their set list around the country. <laughs> There's a website you can go to to see, like, mm-hmm. what the set. So I've been monitoring it, and there was a couple of songs on the Millennium album that they weren't playing, and they played it last night, which is so crazy to me. Um, they mixed it up a lot last night where I thought the, you know, encore would be. It was totally different. So it was such a good show. They are still so amazing. The energy on them all, and they just, they put on a good show. I loved, I'm sure you remember, I loved how each of the boys came out separately and, like, got to talk to the audience and sang a little bit on their own. It was super cool. The boys, as she refers to them. (laughs) And then you met, what, four out of five of the boys backstage, and you sent me and you posted on your Twitter, at CookiesJar1988, a little compilation of those photographs with 80% of the band. Ironically, Brian, who got you the tickets through his wife and their friend, he couldn't make it backstage. He's your favorite, the only one you didn't meet. Hopefully you'll get to meet him if and when he comes in and does our show. But you met all the other ones. And I only met Brian and what was the guy's name? Howie, I think. I met Howie briefly. The other three that you met, including Nick Carter, we did not see down in North Carolina. And Nick Carter is probably like the most famous of those five. Were you able to easily get photos or did you have to be a little bit of a kind of pushy producer cookie? I mean, I had to be pushy cookie, but it didn't bother me at all. Um, when we got backstage, you know, to the area, it was like super cool. It was like so like behind the scenes. We got to see where the tour buses, you know, the buses were and everything. And yep. it was really cool to watch the whole crew put you know, back on the tractor trailers, all this equipment just so they can all do it again. It was it was fascinating, but we're waiting there just not too long. And then Howie walked out, who was super nice. I would say the friendliest, talking to everybody. Really, we had conversations with him because his wife is from Jersey. So, and then Nick walked out, and I think, like, my friend and I almost fainted. Like, we did not expect him to walk out. And we just, like, <laughs> bum-rushed him. Like, bomb rushed him. I think he was taken aback by us. It was a little scary. <laughs> He's like, security. thought we had security for this. And then we, and remember, I hadn't drank at all. So, like, I looked at my friend. I'm like, we got to keep asking. She's like, I'm nervous. I'm like, just give me, like, a little bit of wine. I'll get some liquid courage. So I had, like, a half a half a glass of wine. And then I just bopped over to everybody and got my pictures. And we're sitting there waiting and waiting. And I'm like, I finally go up to one of the security guards. I'm like, do you know where Brian is? And, um... They're like, oh, he came out for maybe two minutes around, like, 6 o'clock tonight, and, like, he's not here. And I was like, uh, oh, my gosh. Like, the well, one. <laughs> the one you were there for and the one who was so generous to get you there, you didn't see, but that might change in the future. But you saw the rest of them. Howie, now I know this stuff, having seen them and, like, wikipedia them and everything. Howie, AJ, Kevin, and Nick. It's an extended home stretch under extenuating circumstances. I do have one more big curiosity. We'll tackle that with Christine after this. The Guy Benson Show. More next. Home stretch part two today. And one last question, Cookie. On the scale, on the spectrum of birthdays all time, where does this one land? Best birthday ever. I mean, there's just no question. Best birthday ever. And I'm talking wow. about on my sweet 16, I was in Europe. But don't forget, I got mugged in Europe. Yeah. So mugged um, by a mime. By a mime. I don't know why you like to say it like allegedly. It happened to me, and it can happen to no, you. No, no, I, I, no. I don't think it's allegedly. I think it's real, and I think it's kind of hilarious. Really? Was it on your Being birthday? Mugged. Was he like, was he like miming, blowing out birthday candles, and then boom, he <laughs> robs you? Well, I went to Europe for my sweet sixteen. My parents had said trip. They always gave me the option trip. Or a party, and I always picked a trip. So, like, yeah, I don't know if it was exactly my birthday, but, yeah, I got right. mugged. And well, I think you made the everybody. right choice back then, although, obviously, uh, the unfortunate little crime incident happened. But you're saying yesterday, last night, the concert was your best birthday ever. I'm sorry, Bobby, if you're listening. But, yes, I mean, wow. who meets the Backstreet Sorry, I'm getting too excited again. Who meets the Backstreet Boys on their birthday? Well, y- you do. You do. Yeah. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Guy Benson. Well, because, like, it's you made my that pleasure. Happen. I give you a lot of nonsense and sort of a hard time on the show. It's always tongue in cheek. Uh, but we 
so appreciate you here. And if I was going to somehow be able to pull a string and get you into that concert on your birthday, I was going to do it. And just thanks to the Latrells and to Bobby for making that happen. And I'm so glad that you had a great time and that your friend had a great time and you met almost all of them. And there's one more you've got to meet. And hopefully that will happen here in our studio on The Guy Benson Show. By the way, I have to ask Dan and Wyatt, having listened to all of this, seemingly endless segments about the Backstreet Boys here on this program that you both work on. Is there any FOMO on your part, Dan? Would you go see the Backstreet Boys, or are you sort of over this? No, I totally would go see them. I did see them when I was young because I have an older sister, and she was obsessed. And I went, and I, you know, it was impressive how they perform and how they sing, you know. So I would go for the nostalgia purposes of it, and uh, I think I'd have a good time. And it's a spectacle. It is quite a performance that they put on, whether you love them or not. And Wyatt, this was your home state as well, New Jersey. Did you have any thought about going home, maybe surprising producer Christine for her birthday as one of her many best friends? I, honestly, the only way you can get me to go to a concert like that would be if I went with Christine. So, yeah, I mean, I would have considered it if I was there. Hang on. So what you're saying is if I offered you two tickets to the Backstreet Boys and the second ticket was not for Christine, you would pass. But as long as you were with Christine, you would go? 100%. Wow. Christine, can you believe that? Is that real? I don't know. I'm sort of suspicious. I'm skeptical. I, I, <laughs> I am, too. I don't know if I believe it. Why, why? This just puts the icing on the birthday cake for producer Christine for Cookie. I mean, it's just like it was such a special day yesterday, and now Wyatt with that lovely, somewhat dubious tribute, it's just, it just came out of nowhere. I'm in shock. I'll have to process now that the show's over because we're out of time. Back here tomorrow on The Guy Benson Show. Same time, same place. We will talk to you then. Home stretch on The Guy Benson Show. It is Friday Eve here on the program. Glad to have you all along. GuyBensonShow.com. Our podcast is free every day. It's on demand. It's right there. Very easy. GuyBensonShow.com, FoxNewsPodcast.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. You know what? I saw this story. It was in the Washington Post, and I guess it was also in CNBC, talking about a side hustle, like a side gig, that is generating quite a lot of revenue for some people. And when I first saw the headline, it sparked and jogged a memory. I'm like, I could have sworn... I saw this idea pitched on that show Shark Tank, which I really like. Shark Tank on ABC. We've got the five investors and people coming and pitch their ideas, their business proposals, seeking an investment. Then the five sharks, the investors, if they like the idea, they'll make offers. Sometimes they compete with each other if they really like it. And I think it's a really good show about entrepreneurship, I've tangled a little bit with Mark Cuban on Twitter. That's been fun. Mr. Wonderful, Kevin O'Leary in the middle seat, he's a conservative. He's Canadian, very conservative. And some of the other people who invest, sometimes they bring in big celebrities or guest investors. I just think it's great. I think it's highly entertaining content. So I'll watch it from time to time. And sometimes I've actually found myself buying products off of Shark Tank like a handful of times. One that I think was a really good one that I bought, by the way, which I should use a lot more, is called Phone Soap. They're not an advertiser on the show, I'm just saying. It's this little, like, ultraviolet coffin that you put your phone in, and the technology basically eliminates almost all of the germs and grime and disgustingness that ends up on your phone over the course of the day, and just you bring your phone everywhere. You don't really think about it, but you're putting it down in public places— it made me think during the presentation, oh, yeah, that's really gross. I need that product to clean my phone on a regular basis because I wash my hands a lot. And you wouldn't have your hands touching a bunch of gross stuff and then put it right near your face all the time. And yet we do that without even thinking twice with our mobile devices frequently. So we ordered one, and I don't use it as much as I should. We should leave it out somewhere more visible to remind ourselves to do it. Because I think it's actually a really good product that's taken off. Last time I checked, at least, they were very successful. We got something for Roy, some sort of 
dog food enhancement product that will make your pet eat their food more readily because Roy's a bit of a picky eater sometimes. That had mixed results, perhaps because we feed him little pieces of steak and chicken, and so he's really spoiled. So what would be wildly popular with another dog, Roy just turns his nose up like it's not enough for him. So that's probably our own fault. Anyway, I watched the show. It's entertaining. It is definitely entrepreneurial in its spirit. Some people incite basically a feeding frenzy to invest in a company that's going to take off. And sometimes these businesses get sold for many millions, huge profits for everyone. I think one of the most successful ones they ever had is something called a squatty potty, which I'm not even exactly clear what it does, but it gets referenced a lot as one of the big you have a squatty potty, I Christine? had one. Bobby threw it out in the move, but I loved my squatty potty. Did you get it because of Shark Tank, or did was it on your social media feed? How were you introduced to the squatty potty? Wasn't that the commercial with the uh, unicorn that, you know, puts I out don't, colorful? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I think it definitely involves going to the bathroom and making that process easier for people. It's like a little step stool or something. I don't know. All I know is I think that was a Lori investment, and it did extremely well, and they all made tons and tons of money. So you never know when one of these is going to completely take off. Sometimes businesses that get rejected on Shark Tank, no one wants to invest, none of the five, those businesses get a lot of publicity being on the show, and then they succeed anyway. I think Ring Doorbells, for example, a lot of people have that feature with the little camera, and it records and all of that, very popular That guy came on Shark Tank, if memory serves, pitched it, got rejected and shut down, and then was so successful in his business that they brought him back eventually as a guest investor because he'd made so much money. So it's that type of thing that keeps me coming back. I'm not a religious, regular viewer every time there's a new episode on ABC, but I do enjoy watching it, and sometimes I'll set my DVR. Here's another business Coming back to how we started this segment from the Washington Post and the CNBC, this story, a business that did not get an investor on Shark Tank. It got the shaft. It got the stiff arm from all five of the investors on that episode. It was an app called Swimply. It's an app kind of like Airbnb, which connects people who have swimming pools at their home with people who want to use a swimming pool. So if you're a homeowner, you've got a pool in the backyard, you want to make some extra cash, you can basically just rent out your pool. You put it up there, there's a profile, and just like an Airbnb where someone would come and stay at a property, you're not living there, but you can, let's say for an afternoon in the summer, rent the pool like it's yours, and there are rules, and I'm sure there are insurance policies or whatever, I would imagine, given some of the liabilities here, and then you let people use your pool, You take the cash, and then if you're on the consumer side, let's say you're a parent, your kid wants to have a pool party, it's hot out there, you don't live in a place with a pool, you don't belong to some sort of membership or a club or whatever, you want to maybe have something a little bit more private, you can go on the app and just swipe through and say, that's near me, that looks like a nice pool, that's a reasonable price, I'm going to book it. So it's called Swimply. And I remember watching this episode. And the Sharks were making a lot of points, like the liability on insurance. What if someone, God forbid, were to drown or slip or something? Could there be a big problem for the homeowner? Would this scale on the type of level nationally that would make this an investable business? Would people really want to do this with some sort of critical mass demand? And I thought, actually, the skepticism of the Sharks was warranted. I was sort of dubious of the whole thing as well. I would not have invested, not like I have money to plow into this stuff. I'm not a multi-gazillionaire like they all are. But it turns out that Swimply, the app, is actually doing rather well. Here's the story from today, the CNBC version. When Jim Batten spent $110,000 building a luxury pool outside his home in Oregon a decade ago, he knew he was making an investment. He couldn't have known that 10 years later, he'd earn more than that, enough to pay the whole thing off by renting it out to strangers on the Internet. Batten says that since 2020, his pool has hosted roughly 9,000 swimmers. 
using a platform called Swimply, which dubs itself, here you go, the Airbnb of swimming pools. The result, according to documents reviewed by CNBC, is $177,000 in revenue in less than two years. He says, I love to say that the pool has paid for itself and more. 177 grand in pool rentals in two years. I am blown away by that. And there's other examples. The Washington Post headline yesterday, heaven is renting someone else's pool. You too can borrow a dream and adopt a stranger's backyard lifestyle an hour or two at a time. And there's a long story about it. $68 an hour, sometimes more on the weekends for one person that they're profiling. And people are making hundreds of bucks, thousands of bucks, upgrading their pool experience so they can make more money. I do find it sort of fascinating. In the current economy where people have this ability to sort of get anything on an app on demand, I'm not surprised that this was at least conceived of. And maybe in retrospect, I shouldn't be surprised that this has been a success. But the question that I have, and I'll put it out to the team here, is let's say you had a pool. Let's say you put a pool in your backyard. It costs a lot. I think there's a huge backlog right now, even to get them dug and constructed and everything. Then there's maintenance. Your insurance premiums certainly go way up. There's a lot of costs associated with it, a lot of headaches associated with it. Would you be willing to do this? Would you be willing to rent it to strangers kind of as a way to make and recoup some of that money back? Because people sometimes buy second homes in a vacation location, and they can't fully afford it, so they rent it out for a number of weeks or months a year. Helps pay the mortgage. It's not an unusual business model. It just I've never heard of it until recently on swimming pools. And it seemed like, Christine, you like a whole bunch of different weird schemes to make money. You're willing to embrace almost anything. You've got a new one virtually every day, it feels like. Are you thinking about when you get a new house, because you're in the apartment right now, part of another scheme, if you get to a new house, would you be looking for one with a pool, maybe put in a pool, so you too could host a swimply property and make potentially lots and lots of money? You know something? Actually, I was kind of saying in the meeting, I don't think that this is something that I would be into, but on second thought, yes. Um, my next house definitely is going to have a pool, although Bobby said we're definitely not going to have a pool, so obviously we're going to have the pool. And why not? When we're away on the weekends and we're away, like, you know, for a week at a time, why not just make some money and let people use the pool? Did the one hundred and seventy-seven grand from this one guy in Oregon perhaps persuade you? Did that help change your mind? So when we had spoken earlier, I had not read that story. <laughs> yeah, you're like, okay, that's a big chunk of change. Wyatt, you're shaking your head. I'm just envisioning a $177,000 legal bill being sued because I think that this is a liability issue. And, I mean, I was fortunate to grow up with a pool, in-ground pool. So, I mean, I, I just don't understand how you could have a bunch of people coming in and out of your property. It just doesn't seem safe. It doesn't seem like a good idea. See, I feel like the insurance piece must be dealt with. And if this whole app is working and this platform is working the way that it is, obviously that's not the first time that anyone has brought up that concern. I think they've probably got that locked down. It's more just to me the creepiness of having strangers parading in and out of your property on a regular basis, swimming in your pool. I know it's chlorinated and all that, but just all these sort of strangers' bodies in the water that is for you and your family and friends. I don't know. It's just that is the part that I can't get over. But I will say the revenue kind of does speak for itself. And sometimes you just want to swim in a pool. I have that feeling sometimes. I don't know anyone with a pool around me. My old building used to have one. I can't go to that. So I could get the desire to engage in this. I'm just not sure I'd want to be the one as the host. And we have no room for a pool anyway. So it's a totally academic conversation, at least for now. Dan, yes or no, real quick. Gross, no. Okay, so it's uh, three to one, no, with Christine. It was four nothing, but Christine has moved. She's migrated. And I might consider being a client. 
if you've got kids, they really want to go to a pool. You can see there's good reviews from a lot of people, right? You know it's clean and safe and in a good neighborhood and all that. I, I would consider it. I just wouldn't want to host. All right, we got to run. Back here tomorrow for the Friday edition of The Guy Benson Show. Always appreciate you listening. GuyBensonShow.com. Same time, same place as usual. We will talk to you then. Good night. Home stretch. Friday edition on The Guy Benson Show. GuyBensonShow.com. Podcast free, on demand, every day, plus bonus Benson on the weekends. And I teased before the break something called the Museum of Failure. And I feel like a few emails that I got last night might fit well, could hang on the wall, framed. We were supposed to fly to North Carolina for Adam's friend's wedding. And we had our tickets all booked. I typically fly United, but to try to avoid connections, we booked an American Airlines flight last night to Greensboro. I was going to do the show from down there today. And I was sitting at dinner last night, and I got an email, I believe it's 6.43 p.m., that said that your flight is on time. 6.43, great. 6.48, five minutes later, your flight is canceled. Life comes at you fast. From on time and good to go to canceled in five minutes. So they sent me a bunch of alternatives. I couldn't make any of them work. I had TV this morning with Dana on the news channel. I had this show to do, and I can't just uproot my whole schedule. There's stuff to be done. So Adam took the day off. He was flying through Chicago to North Carolina. He's going to make it. So now, unexpectedly, I'm home for the weekend. And I know he's a little disappointed. I'm a little disappointed. The only person or quasi-person in all of this who's thrilled is our dog, Roy, who gets to spend the weekend at home with me as opposed to elsewhere. But that was a fail. And I will note this is the second time in, what, a month that an entire trip that I had planned just went away because of flight cancellations. It is not a joke out there. It is an absolute nightmare when it comes to air travel. I'm supposed to travel abroad next month, and I am just praying that I'm getting the bad luck and bad juju out of the way now so it doesn't become a mess next month when it's much more complicated and higher stakes with a passport and everything, so we shall see. Meanwhile, this Museum of Failure, never heard of it. Apparently it's in Sweden. It's an actual place, and it highlights more than 150 failed products through the years. And apparently it's meant to show that innovation requires risk-taking, and sometimes there is failure. And there was a Twitter thread going through some of the examples that are showcased at the Museum of Failure. And this was shared on social by someone named Trung Fan. And I enjoyed some of them. I had forgotten totally about, for example, the ESPN phone from 2006, an ESPN-branded flip phone that was actually very expensive at the time with a pretty expensive monthly plan. It lasted less than a year, and Steve Jobs of Apple told ESPN executives at the time, your phone is, quote, the dumbest bleeping idea I have ever heard. Dan, you're a sports fan. Do you remember the ESPN phone? It rings a slight bell for me. I do. It was at the end of my high school career, and I remember I was a huge sports fan, and it just had, like, someone, I think someone I knew had it, and it was, like, really grainy, bad video, and it was so expensive. It was, like, in the $300 range. Or you got like a plan for it, and it, it was just a really bad idea, and it should never have happened, especially on a flip phone. I had also not seen this. This was from 2009 and 2010. Didn't last very long. Twitter put out a device, a handheld device just for Twitter called Twitter Peak, P-E-E-K, 200 bucks, and the only thing it did was run Twitter. That's it. You could only see 20 characters at a time, apparently. And other linked websites were not accessible. So if there was a link in a tweet and you went to go click on it, too bad. You couldn't go. It wouldn't load. And it would only refresh the most recent 10 tweets in your feed. In other words, useless. Absolutely useless. I'm not surprised that that one failed. I had never heard of it. And I was a pretty prolific Twitter user all the way back to 2008 
the fact that I never heard about it in 2009 and 2010, I think, kind of speaks for itself. There are a few other examples that they give. I guess in the mid-2000s, there was something called a spray-on condom uh, that didn't work. So there's that. Then in the early 90s, Lifesaver Holes. You know the hard candy Lifesavers? Which I like. Sort of the rainbow colors. I like the red Lifesavers in particular. They took that concept, like donut holes at Dunkin' Donuts, and they had Lifesaver holes that were just smaller. You could suck on them. The peppermint, they would basically serve as breath mints. And for some reason, it didn't work. Like, it flopped completely, even though it makes sense to me. Christine, Lifesaver holes on this list, on this Twitter thread, Lifesaver holes seems like the type of thing that I think overall was a good idea and I would purchase. I actually do remember these, and I thought it was fabulous, too. I'm really surprised that it didn't work. I wonder if it was more of a failure on the corporate side, not the fact that we, the consumers, didn't want it. Because I actually think it would have probably been easier. Because remember with the Lifesaver wrappers, you had to unwrap it and push through the Lifesaver. It wasn't, Mm -hmm. like, very user-friendly. I felt the Lifesaver holes were much more user-friendly. Yeah, well, for whatever reason, whether it's their fault or the market, I guess ultimately the marketplace speaks, and it didn't bear out lifesaver holes, so away they went. Here's another one, Harley-Davidson Cologne. This one lasted basically a decade. They have a lot of brand-based merchandise around Harley-Davidson, and they had a cologne, a scent called Hot Rod that they sold from 1996 to 2005, eventually failed. I don't know, if something lasts 9 to 10 years, can you really call that a failure? I'm sort of wondering about that. And then last one that I'll mention, from McDonald's, the Arch Deluxe. Now, on this list, I would imagine they have to put new Coke on here at some point. And what a total meltdown, travesty, disaster new Coke was. And they quickly retreated to Coca-Cola Classic. That's a famous one. But the Arch Deluxe at McDonald's, 1996, apparently one of the biggest flops in the history of that very successful fast food chain. They were feeling pressure from Burger King. So they made, I remember these ads, they made a burger that was marketed as an adult burger. Very fancy for adults. And they advertised the hell out of it. $100 million dollars in that advertising campaign. And a lot of the ads featured kids not wanting it and saying it was just too adult tasting. And I think I ended up having one. I didn't think it was bad. It just didn't do much for me. Obviously, it didn't work and it went away after they burned through $100 million in cash to try to market it to adults. Christine, do you remember the Arch Deluxe? Did you ever have an Arch Deluxe? And I just wonder why they felt like This was A, necessary, B, a good call to say, look at this burger that kids don't like. It just doesn't make sense and didn't even make sense to me at the time. I've never had it. I do remember. I remember the ads. I I do remember it, but I've never had one. Um, One other one that was a huge fail, do you remember Clear Pepsi or were you too young for that? Yes. I, I, I don't personally remember it, but I remember hearing about it. It was a Crystal Pepsi or Clear Pepsi, whatever they called it. Ugh, it looked very gross. It was terrible. I don't, I, that di- probably didn't even last a year. I remember, ha- must had to get it. Remember begging my mom, we have to get this, we have to get this. And it was terrible. Did it taste different or was it just Pepsi without the food coloring? I think it tasted different. If I remember, I was young, you know, maybe like nine or 10. Don't forget how old am I, I am now, guy. It was a long time ago. That was a um, but, very long time. Okay, just a long. Uh, but I do, I just remember I needed to have it. I was one of those, I was the kid glued to the TV, watching every commercial, and then running to whatever room my parents were in saying, I had to have it. Like, needed yeah, that, it. That does not surprise me at all. And in this case, the advertising did the job. You wanted to go out and try it. You did, and it was bad. Right, so all the best marketing in the world doesn't work if people don't like the actual thing once they try it. Hence, I think, the problem with the Arch Deluxe. When you've got Big Macs and the Quarter Pounder with cheese and the fries, just like, you know, call it a day. I'm not saying you have to stop innovating, never introduce anything new. 
But some things hit, some things do not. And this was a flop along with everything else in the Museum of Failure in Sweden. So if I ever go over there, perhaps I will have to drop by just to check it out. Because I do think it's kind of an interesting concept. And as soon as I saw this Twitter thread, I sent it to the group and we immediately started chatting about it. I said, this is good fodder for on-air conversation. This is not going to be a segment that fails. And in fact, it has not failed. But it is over because we're done. Up on the clock, the weekend has arrived. Enjoy your weekend. Be safe. Stay sane. Back here Monday for more of The Guy Benson Show. Thank you for listening. Have a great night. That was this week's edition of Bonus Benson. For more Guy Benson Show, go to GuyBensonShow.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Clay Travis. Join me for Outkick the Show as we dive deep into a mix of topics. New episodes available Monday to Friday on your favorite podcast platform and watch directly on outkick.com forward slash watch. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.